Hello everybody and welcome to the GA and Gym podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn and we are now on episode 28 of the GA and Gym podcast and we have a very good guest here. Haven't done the podcast now um, in probably a couple of months. Um, at the minute I'm kind of preferring to take my time, find a good guest that I can get a good conversation with and get some good information for you rather than just try and bang one out every week and it maybe not be as, as good as I would like it. Um, and we've got a good guest here today. Just before we get into the podcast, I'd just like to say that I would love it if you could follow uh, my Instagram page, Quinn Strength Conditioning. On that page too, there's a link to the website I have, which has uh, the different running programs, different gym programs, and just different sources of information there for you. And I'm always posting off uh, free workouts, workout tips, meals on the uh, Instagram page as well. So if you go over and follow that and keep an eye on that, because I'm always announcing different. So we're talking nutrition on the podcast today. I kind of thought going into this, this was going to be a podcast where it would be a standard one of let's figure out how many calories, what macros should be eaten, all that kind of standard nutrition questions. But we actually went a wee bit deeper and we had a really good conversation kind of around creating changes, behavioral changes that can lead in the long run to having a more sustainable and more balanced and healthy lifestyle and diet. Also just some wee small habits and tips that you can add in each week and into your cooking that hopefully should help and um, there's a couple of wee gems at the end regarding kind of pre-match meals and a um, couple of other wee questions that I just wanted to know about pre-game nutrition so if you're listening to this expecting a kind of nuts and bolts one of how many calories how many this and that it's probably not going to do that for you but I think it's this one's going to be more important I'm going to give you a lot more information and um, hopefully should help you more in the long run so without further ado today in the podcast we have Performance nutritionist with Dublin GAA, performance nutritionist with Leinster, uh, best-selling author of the book Eat Up, Raise Your Game, nutritionist Daniel Davey. Um, busy then at the minute, I'm guessing. Um, I, uh, I had a, it's unbelievable, like, I had a baby four months ago, and um, apart from the personal life, the stuff online, like minutes are like just hours are like minutes. It's just, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, like uh, I'm probably the opposite at the minute. I was very busy up until we kind of hit that um, second lockdown at Christmas um mm. and then since then i've been like I, I have a gym down here so um i've had to close up and i can't get working with any of the teams so i've had a lot of time to myself um over mm. the past what's three what three months like, how are you managing that's tough at the start see for the first like two weeks it was it was a challenge like mentally you were it was tight going and then yeah. i, I kind of realized that for me anyway i'm the sort of person like i need to feel like i'm being productive in a day so um, I just gave myself like a rule of getting up before 7am and then get up and plan out a day. So I would have a to-do list, structure mm. it by the hour. And um, then at least at the end of the day, you can be somewhat, feel like you've been somewhat productive. But um, I'm actually rehabbing an ACL injury. So it's actually given me quite a lot of time to focus on that and, and train. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's been probably a positive too. Sorry to hear about the ACL. Um, that's uh, it, happens. It, you're obviously a yeah yeah. I'm working with a couple of ACLs myself at the moment, and they're uh, they're as much a mental challenge as they are physical. They really are. Like you, it just goes through. You go through phases. Uh, I think I see that. I think it's um, you know, at the start, it's particularly difficult whenever you're maybe watching football too, um, which yeah. is quite hard. I think probably a lucky time to do it now because nothing's been happening so you don't get mm. that temptation but um we've been given the green light in the north from the 12th of april that we can start back at training so that wee bit of kind of um like pressure starts to come on now where you want to kind of get yourself back or get in some sort of position so um yeah. it's all kind of becoming real again now yeah guessing you you're doing quite a lot of podcasts involving quite a lot of podcasts at the minute uh i um yeah that's that's all i i 
it's, it's yeah i mean it's interesting like i love podcasts um i really really have found um that the conversations that i've had with people have been been great i think people who are willing to host podcasts have they've interest in perspectives and angles they've got their own stories and i think it's it's so they've been very very positive but i've done I, if I'm being quite honest, I've done so many that I feel like I yeah. now need to, I need to kind of space them out a bit. So I'm trying to minimize it to one a month, and I, I don't want to insult anybody, but it's like there's only so many you can do at the same time. Yeah, I'm sure probably you maybe feel like you're repeating yourself quite a lot too in a lot of them. I, I think that was in the early days when i started definitely all all the same questions but i think people are recognizing that you need to find things that are relevant to your audience um and you need to find you need to ask better questions if you want your information to resonate with people um so it's got better um and what's interesting too about it is that i I'm finding it easier to navigate to things that I find really fascinating myself uh, and things that I haven't maybe said before. So that's been good, you know? Yeah. So I, Fridays, so, so I work in, in Leinster and I work in Dublin and Fridays are, so I'm, I mind baby from, from, from about half six to nine and then from nine till six, I'm like back to back all day. Uh, that's it's, kind of it's my, a hectic free. Yeah, but it's 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 good. Like I, I feel like it's a good way. Um, it's a good way to to get through the day. You know, it's a good yeah. it's a good way of 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 feeling like you've had a good week if you've had a good Friday. Yeah, yeah, you've been productive as well. Like you've been well, certainly you feel like well that was a busy day. Um, so I've got as much. I've got as like a. You kind of feel like you're caught up a little bit, even if if some of the other days weren't as as, yeah. as busy or productive. But you it's interesting. It that, that, that... Sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say try and take it easy the weekend? I was saying, do you do you try and take it easy at the weekends, or do you find yourself working then too, or does it stop? For the. Um, for the benefit of my relationship, I've had to try and um, allow yeah. some some sort of free time. I I am a self declared workaholic, um, and I would happily work fourteen hour days, seven days a week, um, and I would break to play golf and that, and maybe meet my friends at a Friday night for pints. Yeah, um, that's that's just it's part of just my DNA. Um, it's just that's it. I, I don't know really. I don't know any different. And uh, I think what's been really beneficial is having somebody who just says, no, I'm not accepting that. And I've every time that we have gone and we've done walks or outside of COVID restrictions, when we've gone on staycations and I'm always going, no, I'm too busy. When I go on them, it's like, I definitely needed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the benefit. Do, do yeah. you find it hard sometimes, like when you're in a relationship, trying to maybe, you know, obviously you're doing like a lot in social media and working with the teams where you're maybe going, right, I have to get this post up or I have to get this bit of work done. And maybe she's saying, like, come on, do this. Nick, do you find it hard kind of? Uh, I'd be absolutely you know, so it's not, lying. Not distraction? Yeah, I'd be lying if I said that it's absolutely like it is a point of conflict. There's no question. But I've got much, much better because what I've realized is that there's always more to do. There's always more posts or. Yeah. There's always more content. Like that's just. And actually recognizing as well that on actually having a plan like you mentioned about how the way that you organize your day if you if you do have clarity on okay well here are the essential things that need to be done and if i've got those done well everything outside of that can be a bonus so yeah. when you reflect and when you reflect and you say 
well, do I really need to get that post done? Do I really need to have that article finished? You probably don't. Yeah. I think like uh, it's one of the things I, I have found since kind of starting social media is you get like anxiety with it of, oh, geez, I haven't posted something today. And you think if you don't post today that like tomorrow all your followers are gone and then you wait till the other day and you're like, oh, nothing actually changed. Like, uh, here's an interesting thing that you mentioned around um, around social media. Uh, it did take my it did uh, again. Uh, it's probably something we were talking about themes. I, I wouldn't have talked about this before, but I did have to, to get my head around the kind of um, drop off rate and and how many people unfollow you. You know that mm. you really do need to get your head around that. Whether it's personal or it's not personal, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. just part of it. I, I I try not to look at analytics. Like I yeah, remember one time yeah. looking at the unfollower rate, and you're like, "What did I do in the past twenty four hours?" Like, well, <laughs> yeah. then you just yeah. I just avoid looking at it now because then you start questioning everything. So I just I just try not to look at any of that now. Like, absolutely um, bang on. Yeah, I am kind of curious just from you know seeing the work you know you're you're involved with Dublin and Leinster and then you have your own clinic and doing online stuff like you know how, how do you actually balance that with I'm not sure if you're still playing football but you know how, how do you find balance and all that is it, is it a challenge do you like have any do you structure your day do you, have, you know what, what way do you go about doing that in the week I structure the week rather than structuring um the the day so i uh over the past uh eight years have been working with dublin and leinster and they have schedules so both of those teams have schedules um monday to sunday and it's very clear when i see a schedule for leinster over the next three weeks what days i need to be in and when i'm in leinster that's it you know that's that's where my focus and that's where my attention is so from 7 a.m., half seven in the morning until five o'clock that day, that's Leinster time and that's, that's it. So I'd, like nothing related to my own business really comes into my mind. I'm not thinking yeah. about social media. I'm not, like I'll give you an example. Leinster are playing today. Um, so there's a blackout period around when they play. So I'm not active on social media. Um, so that, that just creates clarity. Well, my energy goes into something else like you know having this podcast or um the follow-up content that i need to send on to people i'm working with or it may switch to uh, some of the conversations i might need to have in in dublin but it's it's more offline so a lot of it is is structured for me Uh, and then it's whenever you're in it you're trying to stay probably present and focus on it which is i'm guessing a challenge too and you've got a lot of things coming at you too yeah and I I realized that um, with maturity, you become much better at um, mentally creating those uh, divisions between your work and uh, giving. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge believer in the in in quality um, in every single aspect of my life. Like if I'm buying a Hoover or I'm doing any particular task, I do try and bring a very high level of quality to to whatever it is, a good level of detail. Now, if you looked at my bedroom, (laughs) it's probably the only thing that's very, very uh, (laughs) unstructured. But but I am totally comfortable with that. You know, that does not create any anxiety for me. Uh, it's a control uh, there's a control still some level of control there where you allow it to like isn't there yeah well relatively (laughs) i suppose you you need some of them places where the the structure kind of goes a wee bit and you can you know you need that too don't you the yin and the yang and and that is exactly how i feel about um my food and how i feel about how um unorganized my uh, bedroom is and I, I you know what it's really <laughs> it's really interesting like there's a huge similarity there because 
I can walk into my kitchen and as long as the ingredients are there, I can I can prepare something that's tasty and looks the part. And I feel exactly the same about my wardrobe. Like as long as the shirts are in there somewhere, <laughs> yeah. I'll pull something together. It'll be fine. Uh, I think that's uh, one of the things I like about the meals you put up. And um, I put up some meals in my highlights too, you know, at your level. But I think there's, there's something good and like, I think oftentimes when people think about cooking, it's, you know, you have to go to the shop and get all these ingredients and get all this plan. But like, there is something great and just looking at what there is in the fridge and looking what there is in the pantry and like putting it all together and seeing what happens. Like, I think there is something great in that. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that too, as long as a very, very philosophical question about um, food with my my client one of my clients this morning and we were talking about as long as the ingredients and the 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 resources are there then yes but if you're going there to prepare something and your pots and pans are dirty or you don't have good resources or you don't have some of those kind of key ingredients that you can be creative with then then that's that that creates a, a challenge um so trying to yeah. avoid putting yourself in those situations do you have um like kind of staple things you would always want in the kitchen like whether it be spices yes. or like veggies you know what, what would they be what would you always be buying yes yeah so the uh, like if you looked into my um presses now um you will see more spices than you think is necessary for the next year but i go through so much that i buy always buy spices in bulk i always buy nuts seeds oats um frozen vegetables canned food all of that kind of thing there's all i never need to be worried about getting some of those ingredients i'll have jars of lentils um there'll always be quinoa so even if i don't have a particular type of meat or an animal protein i'll still be able to make a good uh, vegetarian dish yeah it's always a backup nearly free yeah yeah um i'm quite curious you know as, as when working with leinster in dublin like i think people maybe have a perception of a nutritionist that you just send out like a diet plan to players but like what does actually a, a day-to-day for you look like whenever you're working with leinster working with dublin so nutrition is about coaching um and it's about mindset and psychology and i you know i was in working in and and as a nutritionist for a long time before i fully realized that it is all about behavior change so everything every aspect of a person's preparation and what they do in their lives is about uh, it's about their behaviors. So from my perspective, if you want to build high performing behaviors, then you have to be able to positively influence. And how do you positive positively influence when you build very strong relationships? So it all depends on the amount of time that you have available to do your job. If you've got a very limited time frame um, and you've got only three sessions or three hours or you're only on site once a month, you have to be sure that the person has the information that they need. So in that kind of context, it is, okay, let's drill into what the barriers are, the issues are, here's a guide for how it should look and here are your action points. See you next month. Whereas it's the complete opposite to that. Um, when you're working in a team environment, I can, I can drip feed information while building up those relationships. And it's often uh, referred to as your, your corridor conversations, but you know, the conversations that I have on the side of the pitch with an injured player, um, or you know somebody who comes in off the pitch early because they're managing their load or whatever it might be, those are the type of conversations that bring the greatest value. 
And that's around where a person is at within their own work commitments, their college exams coming up. Um, what what have they tried recently from a from a cooking perspective? Do they have good clarity on their goal setting? So, you know, my questions always come down to very very simply. I don't ask this straight away. It's always that the care of an interest in that person and then it will be about okay well what's going well and what can we improve yeah and then everything builds from that so it's i think i think it's quite interesting and like it's on you see whenever i'm working with people one-on-one it's never just as simple as you give people the information of you know eat this many calories or eat that many like there's there's a lot more it goes a lot deeper than that i think like yeah, it does because, as I was saying, it's about it's about behavior. But I think um, you know we made a kind of a, a jovial reference to people who, let's say, unfollow my content or um, who 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 don't choose to engage with my style. And uh, I think there's something in that. I think that I don't give that kind of information. Yeah, it's on my website, and yeah, all of the calories and macros that's if you want if you want that content well i'm paying somebody to to yeah. do that nutrition analysis and you, you can have that information but that is only one very very small part um and that's why so much of what i do is just sharing insights to the preparation of meals because it's a really interesting conversation and that's a bigger part of it yeah. so it's the behaviors that you display every day to achieve we're all trying to achieve the same thing in the sense that we want to be at our physical and mental best and do you find that there is you know when you work between your two teams like is there is there common issues that you see keep coming up or just across players in general and is there any like you know what what will be your solutions to fixing them absolutely there's massive overlap um between everybody um, and it's about really prioritizing what each individual's goal is at any one time. And I think what people probably don't recognize is how quickly and how often circumstances change within a, a sporting environment and how much things like uh, selection injury, um, workload, work relationships, all those are the kind of variables that are influencing people's choices and decisions. So you're there on an ongoing basis to facilitate conversation. And it's not about what the plan is in an essence or information. It's about how people can go about making, uh, gaining clarity on what their priority is now this week compared to a month ago you know it's not like we need to go into it's two grams of protein per kg body mass every single time but what are you actively doing to hit your protein intake what way are you structuring your meals you know are you taking the easy way out and having two protein shakes like is that is that what you're doing or have you thought about putting uh, a batch of protein bars together on Sunday evening? Have you thought about making protein pudding and putting them in the fridge on a Wednesday? Have you thought about um, adding some extra yogurt, um, you know, making a fruit salad and, and having it with the side of the yogurt? Are you, are you actively thinking about this stuff or are you just going, oh, I'll have a protein shake? Yeah. I so, Like it kind of seems like most of it is more, it's kind of like, as you're saying, cultivating relationships with them where you can ask them questions and get honest responses and not just kind of cliche responses to it. Well, I've learned that the art of coaching is about uh, asking good questions. Um, I, I've, I've made reference to this a few times because it, it was transformative. I, I did a performance coaching course in London uh, uh, about uh, three years ago now. And I was put into a situation where I had to 
coach somebody through a problem. And I would have considered myself naively before I did that. I've got a lot of experience. I've worked in elite sport. I'm, I should be able to manage this. And the amount of mistakes I was making was frightening because if you really want to help somebody change their behavior, then they have to come up with the solutions. And I was presenting solutions for them constantly. I constantly reverted to, well, why aren't you doing this? So if you can, if you can ask the right questions and people are thinking, you know, I could do this, I could make those protein bars on, on Sunday, then, then you're, you're doing a much better job. Yeah. And then you may be providing on top of that, here's a recipe to do it. And here's maybe a message you can do it. And, you know, whenever they open the door, you, you kind of go through it then like. I yeah. And that's a hard thing to, to get to that because that's, that's, it's, there's a lot of time that goes into that and it seems very top line, you know, it's, but that's, that's what helps. That's that there. That's the key to long-term change. I think that's, not so much like as in nutrition it's it's coaching isn't it like that's influencing behavior and i was reading today um about the afl coach uh, the guy called hardwick who is richmond tigers coach and they're basically saying about how he has kind of rather than be like he was as a player was really hard lined and would like would would kind of flip very easily but now he's very like player centered He's all about empowering players, asking the right questions. You know, it's it's not like what you assume coaching would be 10 or 20 years ago. It's a lot more player empowerment now. And um, I think you start to see that when you look at coaching. It It is all about you have to get people to want to do it and feel empowered to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that as time is going on, we're recognizing that more and more. And... <sighs> You know, combining that with accountability and measurement is a, I, I tell you what, it's a, it's a fine balance. Um, and that's what you're looking for all the time, because ultimately athletes respond to competition and they can't, they respond well to target setting. Um, and the better that you do that and the more personal that you can be to that, you know, hit that point at which somebody goes, yeah, that that's it for me. I will work on that. Then, then the more likely you are for them to achieve that those particular measures or those you know things that you're looking for from an objective standards uh, perspective. Yeah. So, say if you have somebody listen to this and they maybe don't have like a performance nutritionist there to kind of help guide them and ask the questions. Like, what's what is the kind of questions you'd be telling somebody? You know, if they want to go down that route and start exploring that and thinking about it, what's the kind of questions and things you would need to be considering yourself? So this is what I uh, apply um, with with you know within my conversations with people on a on a one to one basis, where I have a conversation with somebody and I ask them to to try and build out these processes for themselves, and. You know, what, what's, what's really interesting is that we, we have all of this information available to us, but we need to help people understand where to start and what that process looks like. So it's, it's, a, it's a process of reflection. And if you look at something like, um, you know, tracking calories as an example, macro counting and tracking is successful on one end, because it provides a certain level of education where people begin to understand, ah, geez, I didn't realize there's so much calories in that. It creates an element of accountability where people going, oh, I'm not hitting my protein targets or I'm over-consuming calories. And it's it's creating adherence. So the, that, it's, it's one component. Now the drop-off rate from counting and uh, actually tracking your calories and macros is phenomenal like it is huge because it doesn't change behavior it just it it isn't a long-term goal so i i i I, sorry it isn't a long-term practice it's not something that you can just do for the rest of your life so what you have to try and do is create a reflective process with with pen and paper 
okay? And it is about understanding that there are not 10 things I'm trying to achieve. I have to break down what aspects of my day, exactly like what I said I do with my conversation with athletes. What would you say are the biggest barriers right now to you achieving that goal? And people will say things like, uh, I don't have any structure on my meals. I go long periods without eating. I eat too much in the evening. Um, I order too many takeaways. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, what is the main one? If you said, okay, I'm going to address it this, begin to address it this week. Okay, I'm going to commit to it only being one takeaway or I am going to commit to having breakfast, planning. Okay, well, what are the steps that you need to take to have your breakfast? Well, I don't have time in the morning. Okay, so go back to that. Would you try an overnight oats? Would you try a birch and muesli? Would you try having the ingredients in a bowl already there for you to have? Yeah, I could try that. Let's do that for this week. And then you look back and you say, how did you do that? How, how well did you do? And it's a, it's a layer upon layer upon layer that you're looking at. And like some of the things that people will say to me is, I had no idea how much progress I could make over the number of weeks and months. I had absolutely no idea. I had no idea how much better I would feel by implementing those small things. And I didn't think, I didn't realize how simple it could be if I actually did it and I was consistent. And I never would have known unless I had written them down. Yeah. It's something like, I'm sure people, when you look at everything that you think is going wrong, there's so much that you get lost in it. But if you break it down and then, break that down again and work it one at a time like you're saying you could build a lot of habits in a in a long period of time if you're willing to commit to it yeah and the the part that's the most challenging um and this is this comes up repeatedly is competition within high performing environments are, are what drive standards you know the reason why Dublin and Leinster are so successful is because they have environments that are incredibly competitive. And if you're not adhering to those standards, well, somebody else will. And that's, that's yeah. ultimately what results in, you know, the standards being maintained. That's it. You know, it's competition. So how do you bring that into your lives? How do you bring that in? Particularly, you know, you mentioned about me playing football. I've had to commit to some of those key principles values myself and say well this is who i am this is what i've signed up to do for the rest of my life this is the bare minimum this is what i'm going to do how do i then build in new layers of, of competition well then i have to reach out and i have to become competitive with somebody else so that's what i'm doing yeah. you know i'm actively pursuing people in 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 my circle or my network who i can do that hike with go for that cycle with compete with on a, on a very basic level for fun. Of course it's fun, but you're introducing competition. Yeah. And you know, do you, are you still playing football at the minute or have you finished up or? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I had retired, but I'm playing a little bit of junior. And do you find it hard because you seem like the sort of person that, will go 100% at everything. Do you, do you find it difficult, like if you're playing football, to maybe, like, I don't know, I'm just maybe assuming you you, you struggle to find time to fit all the training in with so much. Like, do you ever find that where if you camp at 100% and that it, it gets tough for you? Well, that's why I retired from the, from a senior level. Um, I didn't retire for any physical reasons. Uh, it wasn't yeah. because I didn't believe that I could play. I could, I, I, maybe I'm saying this naively, but I still think that I could play at senior level and contribute. I think I could. Um, but the amount of headspace that it takes up, it impacts every other aspect of my life. Like I identify as being an athlete with myself. And that's how I would have wanted to be identified for most of my life. Not a nutritionist, 
not food, not my book, not, not those things. Uh, so it's, you know, I can feel myself even being a part of that junior group want to influencing those other people in a positive way and pulling back, constantly pulling back, you know, wanting to send them things to follow yeah. in the lead up to the game so that we can, we can win, you know, <laughs> that we can perform. So it's about redirecting that into other areas. Do you find it, um, you know, I don't know if you've been involved working in your own club, but do you, and I'm asking this have. more personally for me, but do you find it difficult, you know, maybe being viewed by players as sometimes more than a player because you are providing these things? Like, for example, like I was doing S&C coaching for our, our club last year, and you, you do wonder, does there become an opinion in people's mind of, right, he's maybe moving away from being a player now or, have you found that or well uh, i was very clear um within my conversations and within um my behaviors um that i was there to be a player and i was there to be a player for the team and to contribute in every way that i could as a player and what the player's responsibilities would be and i would meet those absolutely those commitments 100% but that I I was there to lend support in other areas if I could but you know I used to get very frustrated and I used to shut conversations down um, about my influence in other areas because I didn't want to even have those conversations I used to say I'm here to play football so um, that's something that I did need to control because of my involvement and I never wanted it to influence or people to feel like it was influencing to any greater extent than it should. Just being clear with the priorities, isn't it? From the kind of start, what yes. you're there to do. And yes, well, it's probably difficult when you, when you, you know, like you're saying, you want to go hard at everything and, and, and do the best job you can. It can be difficult sometimes probably to do that. Yeah. I mean, it is because I like even, um, I, I would I would see things um, around training practices, um, programming, um, workload, training load, and I would be I would be going I would be having an ongoing conversation in my <laughs> sometimes sometimes outwardly but mostly in my head. That's not that's not for you to say. That's not for you to comment on. Don't mention anything. Blah blah blah. But I, I, I can, you know, you can see when you're in, from my experience, what should and what shouldn't be done. But that's not, again, that's that's not what I'm there for. So if I'm asked, I can give an opinion. Sometimes you're just sitting bubbling, waiting for somebody to ask you about it, and you just explode <laughs> the answer. Um, yeah, and then yeah, it's just fascinating because, uh, like, at the end of the day, you're you're you you're you're there and you're giving your time to something and it's very hard to separate the fun and social element for me personally even though that's that's just i mean i've taken up golf and it's it's exactly the same (laughs) i think if you have that mindset it's hard to shut you off from it isn't it yeah it is it really is i i had this conversation with some of my um they're my friends, but some of the guys who have won five, six all Ireland's and, um, you know, trying to step back from being very lost your progress. Oh, got you now. My, my sound dropped at us. Yeah, no, I got you now. Got you now. It just went through a wee second there. Yeah, just not trying to constantly beat yourself up or overanalyze your progress. Uh, in other aspects of your life, I even mean in you know in my career and targets that you set. Because, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, there's always more to do. So, how do you you need to be able to enjoy it like you really do? Um, I'm going to finish off the last couple of minutes just with a couple of really quick questions, probably common questions that you hate and get all the time. But uh... luckily, um, don't feel like you have to go go too much on them. Um, one of the things I was curious about is, um, you know, looking at body weight for athletes and choosing, you know, how do you know where your best body weight is? And 
like say for me right now for my performance I'm sitting at like 94 kg but I'm wondering will I play better if I'm down at 91 you know do you have any tips for that oh my god that that is I I'm actually I've never addressed this and it's an it's a superb question because there are, there are so many variables um in in this everything from age to sport to playing position to the demands of your position to the demands of the sport to the time of the year i mean it's it's it 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 is probably it probably took me 5 years of seeing objective data having conversations and um having ongoing exchanges with um people who um who are snc focused but also have a good understanding of physiology to to get to that point where i can say this is probably a good place for you to be um so obviously it totally depends on on the demands of the position and support and sport like you said uh so i don't think i'd be able to give you a properly informed opinion if i didn't see the 10 years of dexa data that i look at and that will give you a very good guide as to what level of lean mass uh, an athlete has and how what percentage body fat they have so then you can go to well what will we see through different types of of profiles and there's there's a huge amount of overlap particularly in GA because these people have play in different positions and mostly people who are um uh, uh tall and carry a lot of mass are generally in more central positions yeah so looking at that data you're able to say okay um a reasonable body fat percentage for an elite GA player is somewhere around 12% or below and depending on their lean mass then it's a percentage you you're taking that percentage um and you're saying okay so 12% body fat where is their lean mass so you know if you're looking at an elite level you're talking upper um 70 kilos um uh, sorry you know you're looking at the higher levels in the 70 kilo mark so yeah. it's somewhere between 76 and and 79 at an elite level uh of of lean mass that you're targeting so if you've got a young athlete and they're playing in a central position mass still matters so yeah. it could be a case that they need from from an overall performance perspective from a physical perspective to manage the uh physical nature of the sport they need to be a higher percentage body fat so you will have young backs or young central positional players in GAA carrying more body fat to manage that until they go through enough development phases yeah, to, uh, to to meet it, to to know it. so um how you know without all of those measures are there's subjective measures of fitness and um observing like what how you feel uh, in your shorts how you feel in your boots how you feel in front of the mirror and how you're performing in the gym so i i can i've yeah i've done lots of dexes but i can tell over time that if if my, if my gym performance and i'm meeting these numbers in the gym my weight is at this i look like a certain way that i look and my mobility and fitness levels are are consistent on the pitch that's my sweet point that's my weight um and you will find that over time probably a bit of trial and error as you're kind of saying isn't it too you know having a definitely reflective probably too and just thinking about it definitely and i would find that um older players don't realize like i i would have had to, i've had a lot of battles on my hands with some of the players coming towards the end of their careers thinking that lighter weight meant greater mobility and not understanding that performance is more heavily impacted by power and by uh, your ability to produce power and strength and if mm. that is impacted that 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 has a greater potential to 
to influence your performance on the field, your ability to break a tackle, your ability to get away from somebody, to get onto your stronger side, to take a shot. Those are the things besides covering more ground and feeling fit. That's that they, they will, you got to get that balance right. Yeah, that's true. I think that's probably something you don't maybe think about. You only think about covering as much ground as you can. Yes. But again, yes. probably position specific, but that power and strength is is probably makes a lot of sense. And and athletes understand that once you explain it to them. So let's not compromise your lean mass here. Your lean mass is your currency for performance. So the more lean mass you carry, the greater strength that you have and the greater resistance to injury you have. Um, and the more likely you're going to be to continue to perform at that. Yeah, you're not going to cover the same overall amount of distance, but what is your metabolic output and what is the influence on your game here? You know, what What have you done with the time you had and the ground that you've covered rather than saying, I'm still covering 10K in games? Yeah. Well, how, have, how, how much of an impact did you have on the game? Yeah. There, there was only really one more question and um, it was just a small one about in pre-match meals. Um, what contribution is there to like maybe nerves to like feeling sick before a game or like having that kind of maybe just the stomach not feeling great um, was a common question that was coming up. You know, is, does nerves play a role yeah. in that or is it, or is it mostly food? Yeah, it, it, it does. It does. It does. Um, so a major factor is, is obviously the volume of food that you eat on game day. And that's going to be there as an issue. Um, it, that's going to be there as a problem. So um, just what, can you just pause for one second? Yeah. Hold. Sorry, son. There's Hoover on here. The... <laughs> okay. Do you want to ask the question again? Yeah. So, hard um, make it. No, it should be okay. I should be able to cut this out anyway. So, do you remember it? Okay. I, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> it comes up a lot. Yeah. So the question around pre-match meals and uh, how that infect, affects you physically, and how it affects you from a digestive point view comes up regularly there's been a big movement away from large volumes of food on game day for this very reason so we know that the most important period of time um, for uh, fueling is the day before you know that's when you're saturating your your glycogen stores you're increasing the fuel availability for exercise there's too much emphasis maybe from a historic point of view placed on the pre-match meal and, and fuel on on match day so uh, there's a real move towards eating larger, making sure you've got your carbohydrate load really well done the day before, eating larger meals earlier. So having a good breakfast uh, and then tapering off. So if it's an evening match uh, that, you know, four hours out is the last time, three, four hours out is the last time you eat. And, uh, you know, uh, pancakes are probably one of the most popular uh, pre-match yeah. meals now because people feel the word lighter comes up a lot but i mean right. that just means that the food is easier to digest so creamed rice and pre-match meals uh, creamed rice and pancakes are the two kind of main staples now on pre-match meals over your traditional pasta dishes which yeah. can make people feel a little bit uh, the opposite heavy and overly full so Keeping your fiber, fat, and protein uh, levels of, of your uh, within food down, higher percentage of carbohydrate and easier to digest carbohydrate uh, is definitely um, a, a much more beneficial way to go. Um, and then you know what what my my pre match meal used to be uh, apple juice and Nature Valley bars because that's as much as you know I could really tolerate and yeah I think understanding you know you've mentioned a few times throughout our chat about that that reflection that trial part that you know trial and error like that has that played such a major role in me figuring out my personal way to fuel up um, uh, for games. I used to find some foods that other athletes loved as part of their fuel up really didn't suit me. Um, and things like, you know, baked potatoes, granola, granola bars and apple juice is what worked really well for me. Yeah, that's interesting. But there's, um, 
there's always an alternative solution. That's the important message I have. Just because people out there, you know, you, you hear things like pasta chicken, rice and chicken, that that's, that's what you should be eating. There's no should. There's always yeah. an alternative. And uh, whatever you feel best eating too. Um, right, I think I've taken up probably enough of your time today. So um, before we finish up, um, do you want to maybe let people know where they can uh, find out more about you or find out more information? Yeah, well, firstly, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting. Uh, I, uh, the time has flown and I've really enjoyed the questions. Um, definitely it's gone from a couple of topics that maybe I wasn't expecting going into, but all really relevant and really positive. And I, and I think there's simplicity is, is difficult to achieve, but if you can reflect on simple things and be consistent with your simple things, and you, you know, you're going to put yourself on a path for improvement. Um, and that's what I love talking about, you know, the simplicity yeah. of having the right things in your cupboard and having a, a, a an easy system to follow. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Davy Nutrition is the uh, company name. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Davy Nutrition on, on Instagram. And I have a website now where, I, you know, I'm incredibly proud of uh, of the content, the content that I'm putting out there with my team. It's you know, there's new articles, recipes, meal plans and videos go up there every week. Uh, and um, the idea is to give people the knowledge, information, motivation, support to achieve their goals. So just a thanks. Thanks to you to, to having me on. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I think we've had a good chat. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And I, I think kind of like you're saying, one of the best things about it is rather it be just a uh, nuts and bolts want to eat this many mac or this many calories it's a it's a bigger picture and the bigger things which probably influence it so i think it's brilliant to hear from you and um i've even like personally taken quite a lot from it from our one game so um that was brilliant i really enjoyed that thanks for coming on